who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together, we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at bufferingcast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, Tony, baby. You're a mess. Thank Grimes, it's Tuesday. It's time for Trend Lightly. Are you ready? The trending news podcast for anyone who is literally not an absolute virgin. (laughs) Extremely online, extremely clueless, horny for Bitcoin. Oh, baby. You're in the right place. Now it's time to meet your host, the Irish-American tornado and the real princess of Wales. We are back. Molly McAleer and Tiffany Maddox. Welcome back to Trend Lightly, everyone. I'm Molly McAleer, and I am joined today, as always, by my co-host, Tiffany Scott Maddox. (laughs) It's always a surprise to me every week. It's always a surprise. Like, how are we going to bring the Scott in? Oh, yeah. Well, I think, like, you know, we have fun with it now. Like, I felt so bad because I didn't, like, even though I know that's your name on paper, I don't think I ever, like, it ever, ever occurred to me. That, like, Molly, you should say that, too. <laughs> you don't have to. I think it, like, I, I I feel like Tiffany Maddox ends too quickly in my mouth. Like, it feels, like, incomplete. But it isn't. It's my name. It is. Is Scott, like, your middle name? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's On, that from? It's actually my mom's best friend was a guy called Scotty. She named me after him. And every time Top Gun is on, she goes, me and Scott went to see that in the cinema when you were in my tummy. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> so I, um, he's no longer with us, but that's where it's from. But, and, and, and now I guess I love Top Gun, I think, maybe. I don't know. Do I? A little bit. I wouldn't know. Do you? Do you love Top Gun? No. Well, no. When I was a little kid, we went to go see a double feature at... <laughs> the drive-in and I was going I went with my aunt my godmother Sarah who is 
literally a perfect person. So she's like one of my favorite people in the world. But at the time, you know, she had three young kids. We were with a couple other kids. The double feature was Top Gun and Home Alone 2. Oh. And which is yeah, kind of a strange combo, right? Yeah. But I, when we got to the drive through I found like this old speakers that used to be there for, I guess, sound. That would probably be what they were there for. But the speakers had been removed. And like it was that you tuned into a radio station to get the to get the sound into right. your car right so then it's it's before the movies even start i'm running around i'm like with other kids which is already an, an uncomfortable situation for an only child and i just decide to like stick my finger in the old <laughs> like place where the speaker would have gone and i got four bee stings on my thumb and let's just say we, I grew up in the walk it off generation. Yeah. Right. So I don't think that anyone was particularly tuned in, even though I was like, oh, I have bee stings. I don't think anyone was particularly tuned in to the fact that I had been <laughs> stung multiple times by bee. And I passed out, like literally out of uh, in pain very early on into Home Alone 2. It's always wild to me that there are areas of pop culture that are accidentally like, moments of trauma for you a bit like monster mash like where you just think you're having a perfectly innocuous observation and then you've got some like deep psychological trauma tied to it what's yours oh i had this really weird thing right when i was younger when i was being babysat with another kid my mum and his mum were friends and we were really tiny and the babysitter was watching this film called The Cook, The Thief, The Wife, and His Lover. Okay. And anyway, I, I, I only learned the name of the film years later because I was in, it had traumatized me because there's a bit where like, there's like a naked woman in a plant pot and someone gets like a fork in their cheek and like, anyway, it's all like, it's food and it's sex and it's death. And I think the babysitter thought we were sleeping, but we were not. Well, I wasn't at least. And I guess it must have imprinted on me at a really young age because I was having a chat with, I had this like career coach a few years ago and I was like, and she was like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I just want to talk about things that like are really interesting and important, you know, like food and death and sex. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you should watch The Cook, The Thief, The Wife and His Lover. And I, and I was like, huh, I've never seen that film. And it turned out I had, I'd seen it when I, at a very young age and I think it is basically shaped my core personality oh, i i completely understand now do you is that a european film you know what i'm not even sure it's definitely i mean i'd be really surprised i'm afraid to google anything because my <laughs> internet is so tentative right now yeah i think me like looking at a dress on asos like literally crashed the, my internet so <laughs> which will be interesting as i'm the uh, as i'm the one who typically plays our clips on the show but yeah it sounds very British. Oh yeah, um, United Kingdom and France. A lot of a lot of French shit going on. Oh, French shit. A lot yeah. of French shit. Michael Gambon, Helen Mirren, Alan Howard, an international co-production of the United Kingdom and France. The film's graphic violence and nude scenes, as well as its lavish cinematography and formalism, was noted at the time of its release. It's like an art film. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, Says maybe it all. I'll get around to it. You know what? <laughs> Why not? I still haven't watched that documentary that I'm actually dying to watch, the Louis Thoreau one that you sent me. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's wild? Today I watched the, I finally watched Four Hours at the Capitol, that HBO documentary. What, oh, is it about January 6th? Yeah. I mean, I love January 6th. If you haven't seen it, it is fucking intense. I was like, I had a good idea of like the of the play by play of what had happened that day, but a lot of it, I mean, the the documentary is mostly made up of like first person like retellings from both sides, and all of it is just like because there were a million and one cameras that day. It's just footage from people, and it's it like I almost thought I was gonna have a panic attack at one point when I was watching it. It was like it was very immersive, very like holy fucking shit. It's just like almost a minute by minute telling of like of a of a mob go like turning bad. So if you get bummed out and you want to watch something else that's like a bummer, I would recommend it. I, I do like that. I do like a bummer, not in like you know my heartstrings being tugged at, but I like to be horrified by real life. So yes, that yeah. might be something. And you know, it I, I will say January sixth was thrilling. Like, I mean, it was obviously one of the darkest days in American history, Mm -hmm. but like, I will never forget the feeling of watching that happen live. Yes. Yeah. And like, just trying to hunt down any clip, any live stream, like any, anything that I could, because it was like, like, you know, seeing that woman, Ashley Babbitt, shot in real time on TV. Yeah. I never thought in my life that I would see something like that, like that gun poking out from the rotunda, mm-hmm. like just some wild shit. So yeah, shout out January 6th. <laughs> well, this Christmas, why not take a break from 9-11? I know. My friend said to me, I'm spending Christmas with my friend and he was like, what do you like to do on Christmas? <laughs> and I said, like, honestly, I said, like, you know, I said, you don't have to do this. Like We don't have to do this. But I really like to watch 9-11 footage or Columbine <laughs> on Christmas. And he was like, I mean, for like dinner. <laughs> like, I meant like, does your family open presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like... <laughs> I'm down to, you know, do whatever. But yeah, what are, you're going to see your mom. That's right. We talked about this. Yes. Yeah, I am. And I, I'm actually pretty excited about it. I think I'm like in that real cozy shutdown mode area of the year where I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not really able to start anything new. And so I'm just tying up loose ends and it feels quite peaceful. And I saw this thing actually that made me feel really calm. And it was around like the idea of like New Year's resolutions being like a super Western thing, like a super Western idea. And like, really, if you want to, if you want to like enact any change in your life, like the way you should do it is probably in time with nature. So like, we don't plant things in the winter, we plant them in the spring. Right. So it's like, we if we go against the rhythm, the natural rhythm of like nature, which our bodies have become accustomed to over like, you know, millions of years, I don't know how long humans have been on the planet, who knows. But if we, if we do that, it doesn't, it's not quite right. (laughs) It doesn't feel good. So I'm just like letting myself have a free pass until March. I think that's good. I think that's good. You know, I, yeah, I agree with that. I don't like the calendar. I feel very limited by the calendar. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you. So yesterday I, my mom likes to open up Christmas gifts on FaceTime, uh-huh. which I is a lot of pressure for me. 
Yeah. And it's nothing wrong with my mom. It's nothing wrong with me. The only thing that might be wrong with me is that I'm not good with, like, meeting someone's expectations, right? Right. And, like, I think that when I try to sell things, I'm so deeply unbelievable <laughs> that my mom gets maybe a little defensive. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, like, this thing where it's, like, I always feel like I can't really win but, like, my number one thing is that I have to get my gifts that I got for my mom to her so that she can... I need her to know that I care about her, even though I don't come home for the holidays. Right. I need her to know that, you know, I've thought of her and whatever else. And surprise, guys, this is uh, probably the only time you'll hear about this until I have to actually confront it. But the ceiling of my garage collapsed, I guess, probably Friday night because that's when I was out. Now, Friday night, I was out until, and please don't judge me, and please also know that there was no drugs involved. I <laughs> have been sleeping a lot. Like, I've been, uh, Tiffany knows, I've been, like, banking. Yes. I've been banking hours of sleep. So I think on Friday, I woke up around, like, 1230. Tiffany and I recorded an episode in advance for you guys that you'll be hearing. And then I was out late with my friend that I only get to see, like, once or twice a week. And... So therefore, we really like to use our time together. And so I did not get home till about five in the morning. And I'd been in denial. I knew that if it was just Taylor Swift's birthday earlier in the week, that I was starting to get to the, to the midpoint of December and needed to get those fucking presents in the mail. <laughs> but I am, since I've been such a sleepy, sleepy girl, I could not rely on myself to wake up with enough time to get to the post office at a time when the line wouldn't be just like other last minute planners. And you want to get in if especially if you're doing like two, like two, three day delivery. I've always heard that like if you order, if you overnight something after 3 p.m., there's no way you're getting it the next day. So I was like, I have to get it in on Saturday. It probably won't go too far, but it, it will at least get somewhere if I get it in early in the morning. So I decided to stay awake, but I was also very drunk. And I decided to just stay awake until the post office opened at 9 a.m. And just haul my drunk ass to the post office and mail these gifts. It was like, I don't think I've acted that way on social media in many, many years. <laughs> like, I just was tweeting every thought, every everything. Like, I also don't think I've acted that way in public in a really long time. Like, one of my, you know, one of my favorite moments, if I had to pick a favorite from, like, just being mortifying for hours, which I'm never deleting those tweets, you know, because, like, fuck it. Uh, what do I care? <laughs> I literally... I asked this guy if I could pet his dog. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, what's your dog's name? And he's like, Hershey. Hershey. And I was like, oh. And I, was, I thought he was telling me the dog's pronouns. <laughs> and okay. I was like, it literally like took me a minute. And I was like, going to be like, no, but what's her, what's their, you know, what's their name? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I was real. <laughs> I was really like, you know, on my own planet, like I could tell people were sort of like being nice to me the way you would a crazy person and then like edging away. Uh -huh. And I wanted to be like, I'm just drunk. <laughs> like, I'm not like mentally ill. And then I was like, maybe it's because I 
probably, I think I brushed my teeth before I left. I was like, maybe I smell bad, but like I use dial. Like I had just bathed, you know, hours or like, you know, 12 hours earlier. So I don't really know. I don't really know. But it was a bonkers drunk morning at the post office. And I did get my package in the mail for $17, which was, I thought, so good. Reasonable. So reasonable because I did Operation Santa in 2019. And I raised money to send like 15 different kids Christmas presents. And one uh, the the thing with Operation Santa is it is tricky because I assume that postage would be free, which is very dumb because now I realize why would a government agency ever do anything out of like the pureness of their heart? Like right. the point is, is that you buy all these gifts and then you spend a bunch of money to mail them mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. to an anonymous child. So, yeah, I yeah, I was very surprised because I think I dropped just as much on shipping as I did on gifts for Operation Santa. Yeah. I haven't done anything like that for a long time, but I think it's because here at the moment, it's mostly there's a lot of donating to food pantries because everything's so absolutely fucked that like first priority is feeding the children, Ugh. which is a great sign of the times that it's not toys anymore. It's like basic needs being met. Well, that's the sad thing about Operation Santa is like a lot of the letters were like, I would like a table for my cousin. Oh. And I'm like, oh my God, like you're asking for a fucking table mm. for your cousin? Like, because your cousin doesn't have a table? Like, and they didn't, they weren't saying like a desk or something. They meant like a family dining room table for their cousin. Yeah. And that was one thing that really got me with the Operation Santa thing is like how useful what most of the kids wanted like were like they yeah. were like things that were really like bummer stuff and then also like yeah well i mean i guess a lot of it yeah a lot of it got me but anyway <laughs> <laughs> we have a shit ton of stories today we do uh, we might be pulling a couple for bonuses on the patreon but and also solid listen plus but tiffany and i are doing i think we're doing a video mm-hmm recap like watch along just we're gonna record it and then you know post it to the the patreon i think we're gonna do it at the ten dollar level but and we can't unfortunately we can't do video on apple but we're gonna do a watch along of the anna nicole smith holiday special which is so excited a classic Uh, on our cousin shelly oh iconic i'm so excited to do this with you i'm gonna start making this i think part of my yearly christmas tradition is to watch the watch the anna nicole christmas special but yeah we're gonna i mean i'm definitely gonna be getting drunk oh yeah for our oh for our recap yeah a big time definitely getting drunk and i i might wear a tiktok wig oh okay i bought some wigs off (laughs) i just bought some wigs off tiktok and they can and i tell you why there was I stumbled onto a live where there were these two young Chinese girls and they were so fun and cute and there were only eight people in the live and then they called and they were like oh Tiffany Tiffany and I was like oh now I can't leave now I have to do this all day and so I ended up buying a wig and then they were like oh it's buy one get one free <laughs> so so I ended up getting two wigs and I forgot that I did it and then today I got a parcel today this week I got a parcel and I just had two wigs in it and I was really confused at like wait what did i do right but uh they're really cute they're really really cute i did tweet a picture of me in the little red wig which i think might be the one i'm gonna wear this this christmas with you and i i i have a i was gonna be body moving 
for Halloween, but I never got it together because I think like I was depressed or something that day. Mm-hmm. Forget why. So maybe I will also wear a red wig. But I, I'm so glad that you did that because I've been noticing that those lives come up more. Yeah. The battle thing is very strange on TikTok. That I don't like. I like a nice little like shopping experience. I almost bought some honey from a very nice man with beehives, but I haven't quite pulled the trigger yet. But it's quite, it's, it's really fun, instant gratification. And now I get why people, I mean, it's basically just QVC for Gen Z and millennials. Like that's all it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think this was a step up though, from like you literally ordering those oysters. Like I thought you just ordered the pearls or something. (laughs) And I think as long as you're not ordering shellfish off the internet, Mm -hmm. I think you're in a good place. Yeah. Yeah. I think a wig is fine. It's it's synthetic, but very realistic. I mean, you'll see it. And I'm going to make, I think I'm going to make cranberry margaritas. Okay. Oh, I, we'll see how I feel. I've got a bottle of Kylie Minogue's rosé in the fridge chilling, which I was also thinking could be a possibility for the Anna Nicole Christmas special, but we'll see. What are you going to be drinking? Wine? So I'm supposed to be taking my brother Zemo, my Chinese brother Zemo, out to a birthday dinner, a belated birthday dinner. Uh-huh on Tuesday. So, but I, Zemo's understanding. I mean, he is family. <laughs> so, I think that like he he would probably understand if I showed up tipsy to dinner. Got it. I could also push. You know what I mean? I think you'll be here over the holidays. So, I could also push and just be like, "Hey, do you want to do it on Wednesday instead?" That's Wednesday I'm recording with Cam from the like famous Gaylor podcast, which I'm yes. so excited about to give you guys that bonus. I'm very excited about that. And that might be a main feeder. We're going to try and feed you as much as possible over the holidays while also <laughs> taking a break. We're also trying to take a break. Okay. So let's get into this shit. All right. Mm-hmm. So Elon Musk, did you witness this yesterday? Yes. I saw the clips going around of the Twitter spaces discussion. I did see that going around. So we've talked about, it used to be like Elon's jet, but now it's just Elon jet. I think that they started a new account like under just a different name. I thought it was Elon's jet. But this is an account we've talked about before that basically like tracks Elon's jet, to simply put. I know other people that do this with like, there's websites that say like, you know, Justin Timberlake's jet or like some random person that you're like shocked even owns one you know took off from so and so and landed in such and such and that's basically what this account did it would be like you know i mean mostly where elon goes is like from austin to la Mm -hmm. yeah and it's all publicly available data all they were doing was essentially curating it and putting it in one place. And I do think there is something slightly dangerous to posting stuff like this in real time, mm-hmm. especially if we're talking about like the world's richest man. And like, by the way, does Elon even walk around with security? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever seen him, but I, know, I don't think I've ever seen him papped when he's not like on a boat looking like a cryptid. <laughs> right. Right. No, I yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him with security. So he joined a Twitter space that was being run by a group of journalists like Katie Topolis, I think was like the main one. Like she's the one who has balloons or something as her like picture. Like Taylor Lorenz was in there. Like basically it was just like a greatest hits of extremely online journalists. 
And they were just sort of discussing like how preposterous it was that like Elon had banned this account and like what the history or the future of this website could be if this is how he picks up. Then Elon joins the Twitter space, which is if anyone doesn't know what Twitter spaces are, for some reason, if if this is just not your social media platform, it's like Clubhouse Mm -hmm. or something where like you can kind of just have like sometimes an intellectual conversation, oftentimes not. And he joined and basically was like, nope, I'm being doxxed. Like, I'm not comfortable with it. And it sort of just started to come down to these journalists, like, asking the question, like, when does it stop? Like, at what point do you, at what point do you, like, just not, like, you don't ban, like, you stop banning things because you don't like them. Right. Essentially. And Elon dipped out real quick. He was not in there for very long. We have a link to the space, a video of the space, if you guys want to watch that in our show notes. But then once he like huffs off, he disabled Twitter spaces altogether. (laughs) He's such a little baby. No, he's such a baby. And that's why you know, we were talking about this with my solidless and co-founder, Nicole Matthew, before we hopped on. Nicole was very, like, concerned about the fact that there's this new, uh, like, rule that's been launched in Twitter where, like, you can no longer include, like, your link tree or whatever. Or anything that might lead people to find you on another social media website. Which, like, the part of me that is very, like, um... I don't need you like promoting other podcasts on my fucking TikTok account. Like we're mm-hmm. here to talk about me. I don't know if you got the memo <laughs> or like, oh, if you really want to hear someone talking about that, why don't you listen to the fucking episode I'm talking about and not like <laughs> recommend another podcast that's talking about the same thing. So I, I understand being a little like not basically not giving because I don't consider us to have like competition per se. But I do think it's a little obnoxious to like plug competing businesses in comments. It's like if the doTERRA girls went after the Scentsy girls. You know what I mean? <laughs> I always thought, though, like similar to TikTok, I think like de- pl- platforms behave in different ways. And I had always seen TikTok as a platform for discovery and also Twitter is what I mean. Twitter a platform for discovery. So that like, yeah, I'll go there and spend a decent amount of time scrolling, but like my time on app on average is pretty short because I might say something and then I might check out what else is going on and then there might be some reactions to that and then I might like repo, but I'm not spending hours and hours and hours like waiting for the feed to update. It's like, for me, it's just not how I interact with the platform. I'll go and then it'll usually redirect me to another thing that I might be interested in. So if it's a news story or if it's like, oh, so you should really watch this thing or you know whatever else it might be. So I go on there a lot and I think the accrued time over a day might be quite a bit, but it, it happens in like little bursts. Like that's how I've always seen it. And so it's like, it's a jumping off point. Whereas like TikTok, if I'm, if I'm on TikTok, I'm on TikTok for a while. Like and I might I'll- save stuff for later, but I'm on there for at least an hour. Yeah, well, TikTok's just like a completely different experience. It's like kind of like flipping through TV channels, Mm -hmm. but like way more fun and like literally in your hand. And 
I mean, let's be honest. I should have drawn this comparison when we were like group texting with Nicole. TikTok is like the worst. Like you have to be like, my link is in your, my, you know where, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Mm -hmm. or like you can't, if you have a link tree, like, you know, OnlyFans girls, for example, like that will get you kicked off there in a second. Whereas like Twitter has always allowed that. And then you really think about like, what are other social media networks? And like, yes, this this little decision he's made, I think, is probably a response to this weird mass exodus that's happening, which I think is very annoying. Like the way people are like, well, guys, it's been fun. But I think <laughs> I'm done here on Twitter. And it's like, shut up. I'm like, then just, just go. Like, because also I know your weird ass is going to be back here in two weeks. So, yeah, I just feel like it's so annoying when someone like posts an IG link on Twitter, like as long as he's not banning news or something, which to me feels like would be the ultimate kiss of death for Twitter, because what gets a lot of people to go there is to see worldwide trending topics and to see whatever else. As long as he's not banning like your ability to post a YouTube link or Reddit. Or, I mean, like, even, like, screenshots of those things, nine Mm -hmm. times out of ten, performs better than the actual link to it. We live in a very short attention span society, and, like, I can't tell you how many times I've chosen not to investigate something more simply because I don't want to click on the link. Right. Also, platforms prioritize native content. This is, like, algorithm learning 101 is that if you post a link to a video on Twitter versus posting a clip of the video, uploading it in, in Twitter's native platform, it is going to perform better. Facebook does the same thing. At some point when we see right now, like Instagram is heavily pushing video because it's trying to compete with TikTok and, and Reels, I don't think it will ever. But there is some there's some murmurings that videos that come over from TikTok with TikTok watermarks and TikTok metadata may not then perform as well as they have been on TikTok or as on Instagram. Right now, they're just performing really well because they just need video content. But there will become a point when the algorithm will change and prioritize content that is natively being uploaded without any watermarks, without any associated data because like bear in mind if you've posted it to tiktok and then you go over to instagram there's going to be associated data within the file which the platforms will be able to recognize so like all platforms are fighting for your attention in this economy and so it it wants you it always wants you to to behave in a native way and the only way that that really like hurts people because there's plenty of ways like if you're if you really want to share a tiktok video with no watermarks there's plenty of websites that will teach you how to do that Mm -hmm. but the bad part of that to me is that it's just because like TikTok is not a I don't look at TikTok as a social media website the same way I don't look at OnlyFans as a social media website, the same way that I don't look at like Etsy as a social media website. Like, I don't know if like TikTok is considered social media or not, but all that will do is just drive more people to TikTok, which is already killing it with like ad revenue. And all of the things that Twitter is not doing. Well, yeah, I think t- uh, TikTok in particular on the ad revenue front has like the lowest, uh, it has very, very low prices for their inventory. Mm-hmm. Facebook, I think, is really expensive. And I saw, like, when I was freelancing a couple of years ago, I was copywriting for a company in America. They were really struggling to get the same, like, to get the same reach on Facebook 
but they were too afraid to go to TikTok because what they had heard is that it was like just a bunch of 13 year olds and so how could you sell to them but right now like they have a huge amount of inventory and it's really really cheap like so cheap and it delivers like above and beyond what other platforms are delivering absolutely like the the cost you know without getting like too like oh the cpc and the cpm is like is way lower than a lot of other platforms it's like it's killing it but i'll just say that with like the way that elon you know killed spaces i don't know if i think it's back up and and so is the elon jet account he like restored elon jet the same way that like he let kanye come back but then once he posted that like star of david with a swastika in it (laughs) elon was like love you buddy uh Mm. but this is not gonna work so much for me like i think that he's just making really impulsive reactive decisions that he will realize in the long run is not how most people functionally use twitter or how they want to use twitter yeah absolutely i don't want to promote another podcast on our podcast but i did actually listen to a really good episode of cancel me daddy which is called the tesla guy freaked out and bought twitter Uh and they talk about they talk about this like very much in depth and how basically elon probably didn't really want to buy twitter and (laughs) it's really telling that his you know like first order of business was to make twitter essentially like an unsafe place for trans people given that he couldn't give grimes an orgasm and then she left him for a trans woman (laughs) (laughs) that sounds right that sounds right i mean like honestly i think that it has something to do with Tallulah riley because i don't know if you saw those texts where she it was like i don't know if they were in a legal document or what happened but this exchange between elon and Tallulah riley was fat like leaked or found or through the freedom of information act or whatever dug up but she basically was like encouraging him to buy twitter and i was surprised he was even talking to her and i don't know why because he's a weird motherfucker for those of you who are unfamiliar he she's an actress that he married twice mm-hmm. who's we talked about them early on but and he it told felt, his kids that she was dead. <laughs> yeah. And it, it felt like it felt like almost like she was being reactionary or like knew he was vulnerable because of something happening with Grimes. And she seems very turfy. Mm-hmm. And it almost felt like it was him trying to flex like the way that like a guy who really wants to get a girl back and has some change to throw around might get like a really nice car. Uh-huh. You know, it just seemed like a weird, it seemed like, honestly, I was like, there. this feels like baby mama drama, even though Tulu <laughs> was not a baby mama. I think she was raising his kids for a while, though. Yes. Whether or not she liked them, unclear. <laughs> then, of course, in our show notes as well, we're going to have a link to Elon getting booed at the Dave Chappelle show in San Francisco. Eh, who cares? I mean... I it was know. nice though it was nice to watch it was quite nice from i quite enjoyed that <laughs> i know and him tweeting after he's like yeah he's like you know 25 percent booze but 75 percent of the audience cheering and it's like <sighs> chill out like you know what i mean like chill out if that's what you have to tell yourself to sleep at night but one of my tiktok muchies misanthropy posted about why she thinks elon is trying to go full QAnon on twitter And I thought this was a really interesting theory. So I'm just, you know, from the horse's mouth mouth is best. I'm just going to play this clip for everyone here. 
Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. This feels right. The Washington Post had a very good article this morning on something that I have been sort of worried about for a while now. I've been saying that Elon Musk is destroying Twitter, not because of some political agenda, but just because he's a moron and an attention whore. And he's willing to cater to anyone in order to get the attention that he craves. And that includes QAnon. They now think that he is the new prophet. Why would they think that? Well, let's look at their case. He tweeted a conspiracy theory about the attacker on Paul Pelosi. He tweeted this out, Dr. Fauci whispering to Joe Biden, just one more lockdown, my king. They all seem to forget that Biden wasn't president during any of the lockdowns, but whatever. He then called for the prosecution of Dr. Fauci. And then anybody who disagreed with that, he referred to them as the branch COVIDians. He said the woke mind virus is either defeated or nothing else matters. Somebody responded, we are either in a mass awakening event or a total collapse of society, to which Elon Musk says exactly. A mass awakening event? QAnon is all about the great awakening. QAnon is also supposedly super concerned with child trafficking. He made it seem as though a former Twitter safety executive was into that sort of thing, even though Elon said he was a man of high integrity like two months ago. On Tuesday, he tweeted this out, follow the white rabbit. You may be saying to yourself, what does Alice in Wonderland have to do with QAnon? But that's not just Alice in Wonderland, that is also the matrix. And QAnon has stolen a lot of symbolism and phrases from the matrix. I mean, just the fact that he didn't clarify what he meant. That's a wink and a nod to QAnon, that alone. He also abruptly dissolved the Trust and Safety Council of Twitter, and he said, the council's advisors deserve to be shamed for being complicit while children were being trafficked. Again, another nod to QAnon with their disingenuous obsession with child trafficking. Musk has also been releasing internal dialogue between Twitter employees around the time of the 2020 election and also Donald Trump being kicked off of Twitter. Uh, they think it's like some sort of like gotcha, but it's really just kind of boring. But that being said, obviously he has some questions about the 2020 election. Speaking of Donald Trump, Elon reinstated Donald Trump on Twitter, as well as a lot of high profile pro QAnon accounts. So there you go. Distrust in science and the vaccine and the coronavirus, more than willing to spread conspiracy theories phrasing everything as an existential battle, a great awakening, super against child trafficking, wink, questions about the 2020 election, and amplifying all of those people who agree. I've got a few thoughts on that. <laughs> Expand. First of all, he definitely didn't come up with Branch Covidians because that's far too clever for him. He saw that somewhere and, and stole it, which is so Elon because he's incapable of having an original thought. It's giving 4chan. It's giving 4chan. The other thing is, I don't know if you saw, but the other annoying person he let back on Twitter was Jordan Peterson, who keeps doing the most hilarious self-owns and tweeting about how he can't find any child pornography on Twitter. And it's like, I've looked and looked, and there doesn't seem to be oh, yeah. any child pornography. <laughs> and it's like, why do you seem a little upset about that? <laughs> All of this thing about child trafficking. I mean, I don't know. Also, I mean, it's very clear that, like, 
the thing that he had to trade on for this most of his you know the last 10 years has been like the mystique of elon musk like the idea that he's some sort of mythical tony stark figure who's like you know he's a billionaire but he's like not like the other guys like he's not a bad guy he's like gonna he's like doing space and like he's like gonna make electric cars like more accessible for everyone and he's like gonna be good and he's traded really well on that mystique and unfortunately when you pull back the curtain and you see that like the wizard is just some fucking guy his most loyal more rational fanboys i think would find it very difficult to defend him but he is still just like He's a whiny little like bald attention whore who needs validation and needs like some form of like, well, he needs that. He needs that attention and he needs it all over again. And now because his loyalists of, you know, his name is Mud and finding it harder and harder to, to keep talking about his genius, then the people that he can go to are the people on the fringes. It's the people on the right who will welcome anybody with open arms absolutely. really truly absolutely absolutely like he makes like yes qanon's happy to have anyone yeah they're happy to have anyone that like wants to be even remotely adjacently involved like you know i think also misanthropy is very smart and i think that she she does a lot of like you know, activism and stuff like that. I think that she's she is very smart. I also think that like her video was a bit sensational for the purpose of like also really gripping people. But do you know what's so interesting that I put together this connection? I don't know if it's that interesting. But mm -hmm. didn't Dave Chappelle give COVID to Elon and Grimes or vice versa? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, remember that picture of like Chappelle, Rogan, and then like Elon and Grimes? Oh. Yes. And like that's when they all caught. I don't know if that's when Joe got it, but that's definitely <laughs> Elon and Grimes, I think, gave them COVID. Because I think at the time, Dave Chappelle was not on the bad, the naughty list. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, can you imagine like Elon Musk killing like, probably one of the most famous and celebrated comedians of all time <laughs> not joe rogan but yeah i just you know it's people are so distrustful now and they're so mentally ill like you know god bless twitch from the ellen show mm. it came out this week that he took his life and like so many people are just like i don't know man like something about this just isn't sitting right with me. Like something's kind of weird here. And it's like, yeah, he killed himself. Yeah. Like that's not supposed to sit right with you. Absolutely. You know, like that's not, that's something that's like, it is one of the biggest, like sort of notorious, most difficult to grapple with things. It's like a unique, special type of grief because mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, most of the people we know get sick and they die. Or, like, they get into a terrible car accident and they die. But, like, people are just so... It makes me sad, so sad at how people are so scared of the world. So yeah. scared of yeah. the world and so desperate to understand it. That it's more comforting to them to imagine that there is a pedophile ring that runs the world than that we've all been microchipped. Then it is that, like... Yeah, bad stuff is happening. Yeah. We're in like late stage capitalism. We had to live through a pandemic. January 6th, shout out. 
Like, people are fucking depressed. You know what I mean? Like, like, what's the big... I don't understand what the big question is. Like, are you... Like, I don't know. And I think that, like, those are really easy people to prey on. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've, like, gone through... I've moved through whatever stages of grief of, like, I guess, mourning society. And I've definitely moved from, like, what I used to feel as intense, like, burning hot rage and into a place of just, like, sadness and pity about this kind of thing. I do still get kind of angry about the uh, about the thornier points, like the spinier bits of it, but I feel really sad that and like families have essentially been torn apart and destroyed and I can't imagine the mental energy it must take to exist in life and like hold all of this bullshit in your head because like you're absolutely bang on like terrible things happen and they you know the people in power don't give a fuck about you but it's not in the way of like a, a, an elite pedophile ring it's in the way of like they simply do not give a fuck <laughs> the right. people who like, are supposed imagine. to protect us don't give a fuck that's it imagine imagine something that simple it's it's uh it's literally Occam's razor right where it's mm -hmm. like yeah like what's more likely that there is a international pedophile ring that every single world leader is deeply involved with, or that there's some pedophiles in high-ranking positions who who just are are just that. And then, but mostly people don't care about you. Yeah. They really don't care if most people live or die. And like I think that that's a very sad thing to say, but it's true. And y'all need to accept it. Accept it. No one cares. I, I care about you. Yeah, we care. I care. I put an I love you gif underneath the, uh, like, a Twitter story I posted today. And when I was placing it, I thought, I hope they know that we really mean it and not in that vacant YouTuber kind of way. No, but like, we really fucking hell. Like, this is truly, this is truly a safe space. And I feel really grateful that we're able to have a platform to provide a safe space for other people especially during like the dap and herd stuff or like when there's chaos in the world to have like Absolutely. a port in the storm because i know that there are spaces for me online that provide that for me and if we do that for you it's like the greatest honor like really truly and uh, honestly also if you've interacted with us or reached out to us in any way we know who you are and we know your name you know what i mean we know there's yeah. a lot of people who listen who not in a threat threatening way <laughs> oh <either>. jesus <laughs> I know that's kind of like, I know your fucking name, bitch. No, <laughs> not like that. I just mean that like none of you who have chosen to not be anonymous like are strangers to us. We feel very thankful for you. Merry Christmas and Merry happy Christmas. Hanukkah. <laughs> so can we get into something that's very light, but I thought yes. was delicious? Absolutely. fucking lutely This was giving to me, you know, I started listening to Call Her Daddy, like, before Sophia left, when I just was like, now what's the deal with this, right? I wanted to know what the deal was. And I started to listen to, like, these girls describe some of the most intricate and crazy fucking ways to trick people to you know let your ex know you're thinking about him like you know that the a famous piece that i got from call her daddy was i don't i've never sent a nude i don't even think i've taken one because i don't even like to look in the mirror naked i'm a never nude but <laughs> i i learned that one of the things you do is if you if a guy asks to see a naked picture of you or like if he wants a nude a naked picture of jesus christ if a guy wants you to send him a sexy picture or a nude 
and you're feeling like gross or like you don't want to do that or like you have better ones, the trick is, is to screenshot the picture because then the metadata will match the screenshot (gasps) and not the old nude that you sent. Uh Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. So Tana, Tana Mojo, famous for TanaCon, her friend Brooke, she, Tana put up, put up a video, which is in our show notes, where she was saying that Brooke just admitted something to her that was like unbelievable, which is that whenever she does a, one of those like digital photo booths that they have at like parties or whatever, she always enters one of her ex's numbers because <laughs> then he, like he won't be blocked on the photo booth. And so like he just gets a picture of her like looking hot at a party. Love that. And I, and I was like, that's brilliant. And brilliant. she's like, and Brooke's like all defending herself. She's like, what? It works. I'm like, I think that's so, I mean, cause I am, you know, especially when I was, I'm not this way anymore, but when I was younger, like if you fucked with me, I was going to make your life hard. <laughs> Lest we forget you're using interns for your own dirty dealings and sticker printing i paid them cash for doing it it wasn't a it wasn't like intern abuse but yes i used i used my interns to post bumper stickers all over west west hollywood with this guy i had been dating for a while like he it turned out he had a secret girlfriend and he told me like she's coming to town have i told this story on here i'm not but sure but it's a good one basically like i printed up his nickname for me was Milfred. So if you see these stickers anywhere, I heard they're still around LA. I wrote Milfred forever on these bumper stickers because I knew it was just enough to needle him, but it wouldn't upset this girl unless mm-hmm. he decided to tell her, which of course he did because he's so selfish, right? So, because like he could have kept that to his fucking self and just like lived with the pain of that. <laughs> but I basically like gave my interns his cross streets. And then I said, like, here's a list of, like, the top 16 places he goes to in Los Angeles. Like, his yoga studio, this particular juice store, like, this health food cafe. I mean, like, now the more I, like, talk about it, I'm like, God, what were you doing, Molly? Like, a fucking, (laughs) like, you know, an artisanal ice cream shop or whatever. And I said, like, just basically I want you to plaster all of Melrose as much as you can on Melrose and then go to these locations and do this as well and i also had a friend god bless i won't reveal their name i sat in the driver's seat it was a getaway car situation they ran up to the back of the apartment building and put them on all of the washing machines oh in his building oh and i said don't do his car because like that's gonna actually come back to me Mm-hmm. I said, but t- put them on the on the tops of the washing machines. And then I, I fucking pulled the getaway car out of there. But anyway, she had a mental breakdown two days into the trip because he couldn't keep it to himself and wound up going home. But I thought this was I thought this was a great little it's subtle. <laughs> you know, you're not defacing city property. You're not, you know, and by the way, if anyone ever, you know tries to tell on me for doing this. I did it in Minecraft. So yeah, it doesn't it didn't, matter. Yeah. It didn't happen. It was in my the real Minecraft world. boyfriend. So but yeah, yeah. I thought this was I I liked it. I thought it was fun and flirty. Guys, uh let us know on IG in the comments 
because who knows where we'll be at on Twitter. In the IG comments, let us know if you have done something like this before. What your craziest, most toxic, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's toxic to send the photo booth photo? I think it's a little toxic, but I think it's okay. I think it's on the the lower end of of the toxic scale. I think it's more toxic to you than it is to the other person. Disagree? Well, no, okay. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because it's like for you, it's like then you're continue. You're not you're not severing the tie. Right. It makes you look like you're not over them because mm-hmm. it's like if it was like a whoops, sorry, I accidentally put your number in. But it is kind of funny. The most toxic thing. I don't know if this is classed as toxic, but I had this horrible boyfriend as a teenager. And when I broke up with him, I started dating the singer of a band that he really liked. Oh, I did shit like that. Yeah, you just have I did to. Like that. You just have to do it sometimes. Sometimes it's necessary. I did it a couple times where I was like, "Oh yeah, you don't like that? I'm gonna fuck your hero." Like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah. So he'll never fuck with you. And also, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna ruin every song that you like. Molly gets what she wants. I'll say this: it's never, it's never not with hard work. But like. You know, I mean, there's very few things in life that I've wanted that I haven't gotten in time. So, mm-hmm. same. Okay, let's talk about this. this. I think things will get less depressing after this story. <laughs> but Megan the Stallion had to testify in court this week. Now we have to remember this case is apparently his last name is pronounced his stage name is pronounced Lanez. That was news to me because I thought it was Lanes. I I think everyone thinks it's Lanes. And like, I don't really respect this person, so I'm not going to go out of my way to like pronounce their stage name correctly mm-hmm. at my own discomfort. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's Tory Lanes, right? So we have to remember it's the state of California that is pressing charges on Tory Lanes. So it's not... A lot of people are saying, like, Megan's going to lose. I mean, Twitter's been so toxic about this. It's it's very much the Amber Heardification of Megan the Stallion. Yeah. And unlike Amber, she has a lot of, like, like, I don't know, like, a lot of people, like, who stand up for Amber are like, I don't care for her work. Or I've never seen it. Or I don't really know her as, mm-hmm. like, a, as, like, a personality. But I know what happened to her is wrong. Yeah. And I think that that's like such an interesting point. On the other end, Megan Thee Stallion is, it seems like her own community of musicians are not treating her like this. I think Bun B was the only person I saw stand up for Megan, truly. Like, she's very well, like, she's beloved. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a certain sect of Twitter who cares about, I mean, I don't, maybe I'm d- more disconnected from current music than I thought, but. I normally know who most people are, at least, like, like socially speaking. Like, enough to, like, have, like, a conversation or to, like, not be clueless when someone's talking about someone. I had no idea that Tori Lanez had such a massive following of supporters. No idea. Never heard this person's name prior to this, honestly. So... And Meg's like was way more successful at the time, like in a real true way, mm-hmm. mainstream wise anyway. So we've linked a few things in here that are like my friend Nancy Dillon. She is a reporter for Rolling Stone. It always thrills me when I see my friend from real life show up on the shade room. <laughs> She's literally a mom in her 40s and like 
you know, she also is, you know, beautiful, but she's also a very talented writer. But it always like cracks me up to see like Nancy Dillon is on the shade room. Makes me laugh every time. <laughs> but there was three people in the car the night that Megan the Stallion got shot in the foot by Tori Lanez, which is why I'm, I'm now I'm using his name. There was three people in the car that night. They were coming from Kylie Jenner's house. TBD on whether or not Kylie will actually testify in this mm -hmm. case. I know she and Corey Gamble are on the list of people that might testify. But there, I guess there was like a small gathering or a party, depending on who you speak to, at Kylie's. And the legend has it is that like Megan got a little sloppy drunk, which is not illegal. Mm -mm. And she or bad or a reason to get shot. Like if any, like if that's the case, then they should have like murdered me dead at the post office on Saturday morning. <laughs> but she got a little sloppy drunk. the The one story that has been told by defense is that Megan saw Tori flirting with Kylie in the pool and got angry because she and him sort of had a thing going on, which was apparently not known to Megan the Stallion's former best friend, Kelsey. And what, from what I understand, Kelsey is also a rapper, but it seems like she's really like that friend from home that's a little bit of a hanger-on. And like, I know Megan was paying her bills, like she was paying her rent for her apartment and stuff like that. And after this incident, the two of them stopped being friends. Mm. And there was you know, not to make any sort of like pun or inappropriate reference, there were shots fired between the two of them in their newest works. One where Kelsey was like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell the truth about everything. You know, you're done. And Meg also had included in her most recent album, some, some lyrics that also referenced the situation. Okay. So obviously this was a very big deal for all of them. So Kelsey says that she was at the party and Meg like walked up to her and was like, girl, we got to get the fuck out of here. So Kelsey, Tori and Meg took off in an SUV and they basically got into a situation. There was an argument that escalated one of the working theories, because like there's also a lot of slut shaming in this case, mm. is that Kelsey had a crush on Tori and Tori and Meg, Meg knowing that Kelsey had a crush on him, which like grow up, had they'd slept together, which was seemed, you know, which is like a bummer. Yeah. Like, you know, that's very hurtful. But like, I can't imagine being upset about that as an adult, if I'm being real with you. Like, I'd be like, that's a huge bummer. And like, I'd probably keep things more to myself with that friend. But if they were also paying my rent and a massive star, like winning like you know best new artist or whatever at the grammys like i'd let it slide yeah some of the the, the other like things that came up with tory's defenses opening speech was that they that meg had also hooked up with the baby and ben simmons who ben simmons is a basketball player who dated Kendall Jenner. DaBaby is famous for calling an Adidas shoe an Adida. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, uh, I guess like what happened was that like, according to the defense, 
Kelsey was the one who shot Megan. Now, I don't believe that for fucking shit. Because the first thing that happens, and this is all before Kelsey even comes to testify the day after Megan, was that there was a warm gun under, like, on the floor of Tori's seat. And it was, yeah, like, it was it was loaded or whatever. But, like, he had apparently had, like, told Megan to get out of the car. They were fighting. Or she has to get out of the car. And then he, like, shot five bullets at her feet. Like, I guess some maybe ricocheted. And she had, like, fragments of a bullet in her foot, right? So Megan wants nothing to do with this. And I can't blame her for that. And she said very publicly, like, on the stand, she was like, yeah, like, I'm black. I don't trust cops. Like, yes. this is the beginning of, you, you know, I mean, like, people, I, people often reference, like, it was the beginning of, like, Black Lives Matter or whatever. And it's like, no, it was, like, the next round of it, like, ramping up. Like, yes. this had been in conversation for quite a while. The public dialogue. As a woman who is famous as well, who's also, this is all going on. Like, I can see how she would be extra afraid of how unkosh it would be for her to call the cops on a black man. Yes. I, do you remember when she went on Instagram Live? I have a little transcript, but it was, she went on IG Live and she was like, yeah, Tori shot me, you shot me, and you got your publicist and your people going to these blogs lying and shit. Stop lying. Why, why lie? I don't understand. I tried to keep the situation off the internet, but you're dragging it. You shot me. I didn't get cut by no glass. And then she basically says, like, you think I'm about to tell the police that we, us black people, got a gun in the car? You want me to tell them that we got a gun in the car so they can shoot all of us up? I'm scared. Why the fuck would I tell the police somebody got a gun in the car and this guy shot me so I can get shot? You can get shot. She can get shot. He can get shot. Yeah. And I, rem I remember that IG live and being like, Megan was the one who got shot and was thinking about the lives of the other people around her. Yeah. And not wanting to create a situation that may escalate and, and cause like, you know, irreparable harm, essentially. And I thought that is just desperately sad on all levels, really, truly. And now the fact that she's getting dragged through the, the mud because of just simply being shot is is horrifying to me she wasn't even the one who brought the charges no like she wasn't even and no one and thankfully no one did get any more hurt than like what happened this one thing that's just driving me fucking nuts about this though is like this element of like oh yeah that's let's say she did sleep with all three of those men which i think not not blake griffin what's the guy's name ben simmons he put up a video like basically you know sub sub uh gramming denying this you know about how this is like a lie or whatever like oh yeah three sleeping with three men like the year your career is most popping off 2020 yeah that's oh that's so crazy like the only thing i'm worried about is covid protocol right <laughs> like i'm not thinking like like if that's bad or, or like you know being someone in their you know early 20s who is thrust onto like the main stage of fame with like well in college shortly after both her mother and grandmother died. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. I'd be drink. I'd I. I mean, I do drink. You know what I mean. <laughs> I'd be drink. I'd be drinking too. So, like the whole thing is basically like you know obviously, prosecution saying Tory did it. 
Then we have to bring in Kelsey. Now, a lot of people forget that Kelsey's testimony to the prosecution was just done in March of 2022. So it's not something she said two years ago, which I think is what a lot like where a lot of people were operating from was thinking that this happened two years ago and maybe she forgot or some details got fudged or whatever. But she one at one element of this whole thing is that Tori apparently offered both of them a million dollars a piece to keep quiet about this. Now, for Megan the Stallion, if I heard that, I'd be insulted mm-hmm. because she makes. But if you're Kelsey. That's not mm-hmm. a bad deal. Mm-hmm. So Kelsey walks into court and there was a viral clip of a guy going, Kelsey, why you shoot that girl? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just some guy outside the court, like literally just some guy. But yeah, like the, the Twitter thing was like, come collect your uncle. Like whose uncle is doing this? But yeah, so Kelsey shows up to court and she testifies that she did not shoot Megan. But she also says that she cannot say who shot Megan and she's she, she chose to plea the fifth, huh. which she initially says is please the fourth, which I thought was like. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. Yeah. So is so she basically starts pleading the fifth and the prosecution asks, like, can we play back her her interview with us, like her deposition, essentially. And the judge says no the first day. The second day, they get permission to play this video. And it's Kelsey saying everything that, like, basically corroborates Megan's story. So what I think the popular opinion is, is that Kelsey might have taken that money from Tori. And I did notice, by the way, she had a very nice Louis Vuitton bag when she rolled up to court. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that is not what I'd be buying as a single mom. But, like, she... I think that basically what Kelsey's job was, if if we're to believe that she did take this million dollars, is to create reasonable doubt. Because that's all you need to get a case thrown out, you know, or to not guilty. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tori has multiple felonies right now. And like a total fucking weirdo has been bringing his five-year-old son to court. So strange. Why? Which is not the flex that, like, you would think it is. Like, if you're a really great dad, I would probably keep my kid as far away as possible from Uh a courtroom where I'm being charged with shooting a woman in the foot. He's not fucking Aaron Brockovich. Like, they're not doing, like, colorings on the floor of the legal office. It's very odd. So... What were your thoughts when you saw this? Well, we've we've included a link to the 50 Cent post, and I always feel like I uh, 50 Cent is another one of my problematic faves, along with Kim Jong-un, in that he's always pretty much on the wrong side of history, but I still have a soft spot in my heart for him. That he posts a, a thing, uh, a comparison to Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett. Smollett. Um, Smollett. That's <laughs> making it European. I know. <laughs> And I remember I saw him tweet that because, of course, I still follow 50 on Twitter. And I was very disappointed. And and then when I went hunting, I realized that there wasn't an outpouring of respect, love and like, I don't know, support for Megan, because it feels pretty cut and dry to me that she absolutely does not want to be at the center of this hurricane. And she is being dragged into whatever sort of misogynoir that's going on in the most disgusting way. 
I'm honestly surprised that I'm not surprised, but like I feel like if Beyonce was to take a stand, I think it would be pretty powerful. But I find the whole thing pretty grotesque. And for me, it feels very clear from the outside what happened. And it's like every day is exactly the same on the internet. It's just like another day where like some poor woman is getting dragged through the fucking mud. <laughs> I know. And I wonder if I also like, I'm seeing plenty, like if I click like latest, I'm seeing plenty of people that have descending opinions. Good. From mine, rather. Like, or like, yeah, like I'm seeing people be like, you know, fuck Megan, she's a liar. Oh, yeah. really? People but think Me that's I, so wild. But when I search Megan the Stallion, I think because I have interacted with so many people who support her, those those tweets are pushed to the top now. Right. And so I'm seeing more people that agree with me about this and like, you know, have a similar opinion about how terrible this was. I mean, I would say like, honestly, the worst and almost most relatable part of, of Megan's whole testimony was like, I wish if, if I knew I was going to go through this, I wish he had just killed me, which, yeah, is, which like, is so miserable. So it's like so terrible to hear. But also if anyone's ever gone through something like this, it's like there's nothing that's like there's nothing worse, which is why it almost sucks that like it's like the state brought these charges because like she would have let this go. Mm -hmm. She totally would have. That's the thing about this. And I hate that every time there's like a woman in the courtroom being dragged through the mud, we have to talk about the Amber Heard of it all because I just feel like there's it's like ongoing and like there's nuance to it and like there are many other women so I, I loathe the comparisons and I loathe to do it but I mean people forget that like once again like Amber was the one who like didn't want the smoke on that like she didn't bring any of those charges she didn't start that court case like she was dragged into that in both times in the UK during the divorce hearing. She was, you know, pretty absent. And then the US hearings were obviously brought by Johnny Depp and for the defamation. And in this case, Megan absolutely didn't want to be dragged into it again and is being dragged into it. So I feel like the logic of, of, of somebody lying for whatever clout, for, you know, destroying someone's reputation completely falls apart at the first hurdle when there is a person who is participating who is unwilling to participate yeah like it just it falls apart it crumbles into dust i mean well it's the kelsey of it all too yeah i mean kelsey fucked but i think that at the end of the day i don't think their little plan is going to work because i think that if there is if they found pieces of a bullet in meg's foot if the gun was found on, under Tori's seat, like I remember tweeting to someone, I was like, it's not like it's a 94 Camry where like if you're driving <laughs> around with something in the back seat, it's just going to come through to the passenger seat. Like it's an SUV. There's no way to like slip a gun. Or am I supposed to believe that Kelsey threw a live weapon at Tori in the front seat of the car after shooting Meg? Like, or yeah. even just the idea of like them battling over a gun, because like there's a clip of Kelsey and, and Megan out on the street and they're separated. It's after the shooting, they're separated and they're both talking to officers and like Kelsey yells over to Megan, like, are you OK, Meg? Like, like it's like I don't think that someone who was just wrestling with a gun to shoot you would do that. No, Kelsey's hand did have gunshot residue on it. And I don't know what 
how who had more. But I would I mean, I really think that I really think he did it. There's texts that prove it like. Yeah. Yeah. There's something I don't I just don't believe they're creating enough palpable, reasonable doubt, especially in Los Angeles. And there is a lawyer on this jury. So I think that the lawyer will, if like, let's assuming that they might be the four person, they're going to be very useful in the process of jury decision here. So, yeah. Well, fuck Kelsey and fuck uh, Corey Lane. Except for Kelsey Fiona. We like Kelsey Fiona. We love Kelsey Fiona. We do love Kelsey Fiona. (laughs) Tef. So the Daily Mail has some, your people have some things they need to answer for. I don't love that they're my people, I have to say. I don't like this. I know. (laughs) People always say, like, fuck the Daily Mail, but I'm sorry. I think it's funny, and I'm not going to stop reading it. (laughs) It is, it's perfectly engineered. I mean, it really is. I mean, I don't mind it for... The celebrity of it all, like the 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 whole like female section as it's called, which is so grotesque. But if I ever stray, I never want to stray into anything that like is in anywhere adjacent to real news because I know it's just so jam packed with far right rhetoric. However, I will read about you know some zedless celebrity becoming pregnant. I'm all over that. Or like, you know, I mean, there's certain people that work with Daily Mail as exclusives, like certain celebrities. And like, that's always really interesting to see who's there. Like, I thought it was very interesting that Hillary Duff gave the Daily Mail her exclusive statement on why Aaron Carter's memoir shouldn't be published. Mm-hmm. Like an odd venue for her, right? But this article is called Why Queenagers Go to Work on Their Platforms Unless They're <laughs> Laid Low by Flurona. The bizarre new words and phrases that emerged in 2022. Now, spoiler alert, most of these phrases, and one in particular is so egregious to me that, like, I can't even believe it. I know exactly which one it is. I bet it's the same one as me. Yeah. Does it begin with C? No. Oh. No, it's, uh, it begins with an F, and it goes way, way back in, uh, my, my culture, my Bostonian <gasps> culture. Yes. Okay. My well, the one that really pisses me off is the C word, but we'll get to it. Okay. So we'll get to it. So there's um there's a list of words. Do you want to read some of these? Because I've been talking a lot. Do you want me to do it in radio voice? Do it in whatever voice you feel comfortable in. I think they're all great. Flock down. Confining birds, especially chickens, indoors to prevent the spread of avian flu. <laughs> Flock down's kind of cute. Rain bomb, a sudden gust of wind during a thunderstorm that blows down from the sky, bringing with it a large quantity of rain. A rain bomb. Meat space. That doesn't sound real. Like, rain bomb feels like... I've never heard anyone say that. Never heard anyone say that, but also, like, probably it's, like, colloquial wherever you go where there's a lot of... Like, Seattle, probably. They use that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Meat space, the physical world in contrast to cyberspace. Meat space has been along for the longest fucking time. And it's M-E-A-T, in case anyone's wondering, as in like human flesh. Yeah, your meat suit. Yeah, and uh, that's definitely been around for a while. Maybe it's picked up a little bit. This next one is egregious to me. Yeah, content posted, SponCon. Content posted on social media that appears as a typical post, but which is actually a paid-for advertisement. Advertisement. <laughs> that's been around for like eight years. It's the lo- it's so long. A SponCon has been around for long. There's a couple of these that don't feel like 
like Nifidi. Nifidi is like a that's like just a Portland thing. I feel. Well, it's yarn bombing. Like yarn, yarn bombing had bombing. a yeah. like a thing a little while ago. Like I mean, I want to say six years ago, seven years ago, when people would just like knit little hats for post boxes and shit, or do like fun little. You know, it was like in a very in a very twee era of the internet, I would say, like very Tumblr, very twee core, like yarn bombing was the thing. Absolutely. It's very hippie. It's it's very Vermont. It's very Portland. Yeah. It's putting like in your Twitter bio, like loves tea, knitting and <laughs> whatever. Just just a girl. Like it's like that kind of the most like, mild person you know. Yes. Very sweet and mild. Peppermint teas. Yeah. I know the C word. It's the next well, we're skipping fexting because I'm just Which not I, think to, is fine. I don't want to we're engage. Yeah. Copy, copy paste. Copy pasta. Copy pasta. Yeah, which is like copy pasta is like the oldest thing. It's like when someone takes a, a like a famous piece, like a famous rant. That's like so niche and so internet-y and so absurd. I'm trying to think of a good piece of copy pasta. But there's like, I mean, I would say that almost goes back to so creepy pasta, I would say, is like what it's uh, adjacent to, which is where yes. Slenderman was exactly. born. Exactly. And when did that happen? 2015? Possibly even before. Yeah. So it's like. Yes. Oh, Slenderman's like old as hell, but I meant like the murders. But uh, mm. yeah, there's a whole like Reddit of copy pastas just like and it's usually some like absurd, incredibly online rant and people will just like update it with like trending topic words instead of the like, you know, instead of like the original thing, which was probably about like, you know, some like niche community. They'll change it to like Nicole Kidman's AMC. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like basically <laughs> what it is. Um, where a copy pasta can even be those like ho, ho, ho to all my horny bitches. If you want Santa to slide down, you know, those ones that are like all emojis. <laughs> yeah. It's I've like had, a chain letter in a fun way. I've had so many friends to ask me like to stop sending those. And it's like my hands shake because it's like, first of all, do I even know you? <laughs> if like this is not interesting to you or the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life i don't know that we're compatible maybe we've outgrown each other well but... i remember you texting me an election day copy pasta a few years erection ago and you day? were just erection day and you're like it's tradition and even though it's like you know i couldn't vote in your country i really appreciated that i felt that you'd included me in that yeah i wanted you to know you know like this is what we're doing over here we're we're panicking having meltdowns pissing and shitting ourselves but also sending <laughs> horny emojis to each other in paragraph form. This is the one that a quiet quitting, I do believe, is true. To yes, be a, it is. A new yeah. one. Yes. Which is like doing no more work than like you're contractually obligated to do, which I feel is just having a job. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would almost say that quiet quitting is like doing less than you're contractually obligated to do in a way. Like it's like the slow exit from a company which is like just gradually giving fewer and fewer fucks until eventually you leave right like taking your like pto days like mm -hmm. at like during during the middle of the busiest season so that like low-key you can go interview somewhere else like that's yeah. quiet quitting because you're basically just you're basically challenging hr 
Now, this is the one that got me and was so, I was so befuddled when I saw this on here because not only is this not new, this is like something that was before I was born. This became popular in Massachusetts. And like my Nana was the one who taught me this term, a fluffernutter. <laughs> Which, Which is, is a peanut butter and a marshmallow fluff sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you'd like eat them like, you know, I wasn't allowed to have something like that during the winter, but like during the summer, you could eat a fluffernutter. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful treat. I was very confused about why that popped up. Thermal tourism is a bit of a weird one. Travel to a warmer country in the winter to shun the cold weather and higher heating bills of one's own country. I think that's just travel. I think that's just called travel. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just tra- Yeah, that's just, just traveling. Vibe, Vibe shift, shift is legit but old. Old. Okay, so this is one thing. So cozy crime I thought was interesting because I think a cozy crime novel is when like five or more people are killed. But they <laughs> describe it as lighthearted crime fiction set in a small community without any explicit violence. Mm. I always thought cozy crime was like like reading a Colleen Hoover book with a cardigan on. Yes. Well, I mean, I also like to think of that as well, like a little John Grisham moment or something. Mm-hmm. Loved that. I love sharenting. Sharenting's good. I hadn't heard this before. So the act of sharing news images or videos of one child of one's child on social media. Yeah. I kind of exploitation. Like it is. It is indeed. <laughs> I think Nepo Baby, I don't know that that really started in 2022, but I think that it had its like day in the sun in mm-hmm. 2022. Mm-hmm. Which like, I want to be real with you. Are Nepo babies great? No. No. But are they the worst thing that's ever happened? Like, the way Gen Z acts about Nepo babies is, like, like a little, like, it's a little, like, all right, guys, like, let's concentrate on, like, what we need to concentrate on, which is not, like, whether or not this incredibly famous actress's child deserves to model. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a, an old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think job fishing is an interesting one, but I haven't used it because in this Daily Mail article, they say job fishing is the illegal practice of recruiting people to work for a company that doesn't exist. And whilst I agree that that probably does happen and there's quite a lot of job fishing scams that will happen, especially in a cost of living crisis, I also thought that there was that person on Reddit who was applying for and interviewing for jobs in some sort of like slightly deranged way that they were not qualified for just to tell the people that they didn't want the job. I thought that was pretty good job fishing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's like called like malicious compliance sort of mm-hmm. uh, Reddit stuff. I dislike holisterexia, which is extreme obsession with one's health and wellness because that's there is a term for that and that's like orthorexia. And also I I did think I think I did think an orexia was very tasteless to end a word with and I've never fucking heard of it. What I will say is is gaining popularity is munchausen by internet. Yes, I was I really want to read like a good long read about that. If anybody has any recommendations, send them to us because this has to be a thing, right? I've seen it. Yes. I've seen it pop up quite a lot like this kind of like digital munchausens. So yeah, if you've seen any like really good, well-written article somewhere, um, I will definitely read that, send it, tweet it. There's a Reddit that focuses on some of these like people who are in like the, not like the chronically ill community, because what bums me out about this a little bit, about the like 
finger pointing and accusations is like, unless you have talked to every single person in this person's family and all of them have confirmed that there's never been a brain tumor, like (laughs) you really don't know if it's like possible that some of these people actually are battling all of these various health ailments. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I just, I guess I say that as someone who has fibro, like, It's like something that so many people think is a, well, just like you should swim. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, babe, like if swimming was the cure for for something like this, then I think everyone would be swimming. But I think like the frustrating part of like an autoimmune disease, for example, is that one, oftentimes you don't look ill. Mm -hmm. Two, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, like, I remember hitting my knee really hard in Vegas at one point, and it always hurts to to hit your knee, right? But and now that like if I'm having a flare up for for any sort of like pressure or like stress, which often happens like leading up to travel or something, the like nerve pain is out of control, and it no longer feels like just hitting your knee. It's like scorching pain. And like that doesn't everyone's hit their knee. And so when you say to them, like, yeah, like I hit my knee, uh, but I have fibro, they're like, oh, so like you hit your knee. Like, what's the big you know what I mean? Hmm. It's one of those things that like notoriously hurts. I don't know how to describe it. Anyway, there is a Reddit, though, for people that pretend to be chronically ill. Seemingly, I don't know, but there there has to be that other form of like digital munchausens as well, where it's like linked to a like a GoFundMe or something. But also, oh. I think like the things that's most fascinating for me, like the GoFundMe of it all, is like, well, you're just a scammer. Like if you're pretending to be ill to get money, then you're just a scammer. That's like the oldest trick in the book. There was actually someone on TikTok who was outed as being like a prolific scammer really recently. Yes. But there's also like those who aren't doing it purely for financial gain, who are, I would like put in the more like Dee Dee Blanchard, like yes. camp that are just like, that really feed off the like, you know, messages of love and support and like, you know, feeling really important and center of the universe. And I think that's so easy to do. Like the girl who faked Tourette's on TikTok. Yes, exactly. Yes. Many, many GoFundMes is a red flag for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be offensive. <laughs> many, many GoFundMe is is absolutely a red flag for me. So that's definitely, I think, one thing to like look out for. That's a really good point. Can I ask you about this one really quick before we move on to our next thing? Silfluencer. Mm-hmm. Now they're saying I'm <laughs> guessing that this is silver hair. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, I almost thought this was like Slivfluencer, which would be, a, I was like, oh, so Paracelton? Yeah, same. That's how I read it too. <laughs> Slivfluencer, which seems like a really tough buy for me. A middle-aged or elderly person paid to promote products on social media. Mm-hmm. How real is that? Well, I see a lot of like very beautiful women with silver hair who become sort of like hot it girl models at a later stage in their lives but there's usually only like one at a time and i think it's there's a there's something to it but it's not it's no silver surfer which is like what my favorite like elderly internet term is you know like all people on the internet are silver surfers that i much prefer wait one more because like you can help me with this why are they calling king charles the third caroline i have no 
idea. That feels like something that they'd say on like small bean snark is like a snark is like a major roast. <laughs> the only thing I'm, I'm thinking of like Jacobean, but then it's like Charlesian, like Carolean. That doesn't feel good. No idea what that could ever mean. No idea. No idea. So we are going to end on a high note. The rest of the stories from this episode are going to be on Patreon, which are going to be a little bit lighter. I think we always kind of promise that we're going to start making it light, but unfortunately, mad stuff keeps happening on the internet, which we have to cover. But there's going to be more like cute and fun, like little bit stories over on the Patreon. So if you want to head over there, you can hear our reaction to Barbie that happened and some other stuff as well oh yeah and uh do i yes also the r kelly story, oh the r I kelly a bit i don't want to call that light and it, but it is r kelly ridiculous which is always its own special breed of fun but here's the reality is that when we started talking about all of this uh this episode i think what we didn't really bank on is that i mean we knew there was a lot of stories i warned you yesterday i said i've been throwing shit in this document like <laughs> There's a real fruit salad over here. So yeah, we're, this is just, we don't want it to run too long, but the second half should be pretty light and easy. It will be available on Solid Listen Plus on Apple. If you, it's a free two week trial, I believe, if you want to just try that. And then also our Patreon where you can join to later on see our, our video, but yes. Oh, okay. the perfect little, sh like if you're driving home for Christmas and you want something, you know, nice and light could be the perfect show. Well, if you're in the back seat because it's a video. Oh yeah, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell the audience actually that I'm in contact with Don Dorland? Like we always have sort of been like, she does sign off her DMs kindly, Don. Which, by oh. the way, if you're not if you're not a kidney gate expert, I'll link our old episode on there because it's one of my favorite things I've probably ever done in my career, honestly. And we're going to possibly get drinks in the new year. Oh, I love that. Can you imagine the mashup of me and Don Dorland in a room together? I would die. What I wouldn't give to be there. Maybe we'll FaceTime. Okay. I would really like that. Okay. So let's read this. This was reposted to the Dumois subreddit. I try not to engage with the IG anymore. No, the IG isn't it, but the subreddit is so good. Like the, the subreddit is is like something happens between the IG and the subreddit where there's like a filter that happens. And I also feel like a lot of the posters there of like they really imply like they they have a lot of good critical thinking skills for the most part. So I find a lot of solace in this corner of the internet. Well, it's like if you take all the people that read Dumois and like take it really seriously, but then if you just took all the people that are interested in the stuff that Dumois posted, but like thinks Dumois is full of shit and like absolutely compromised, mm -hmm. that is what. And it does seem that Dumois is in a, in a real sprint here. Like she got that book deal and put the book out right away. Mm -hmm. And they have that development deal with, I do, I will say I love Greg Berlanti and everyone over there. So shout out to them. But Dumois seems to be in a sprint. It's almost like as if they know that they're, they're not going to last forever. And this was, oh, I would love, I would love to believe that Dumois thought they were making a joke here, but I'm almost certain they weren't. Do you want to, do you want to read, read this? Yeah. The, the title is She Can't Be Serious. And here is the screenshot. Subject, the oldest ship. Message, the oldest ship on TV is about to break another record in just a few episodes. The current record is 190 episodes. Sorry for being cryptic. 
And then Dumois wrote The Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, The Titanic. That's what it is. That infamous 190 episode TV show, The Titanic. But somebody has posted, the top comment is, TV's longest awaited kiss, first kissed in the most episodes. The record is 190 episodes before Tony and Ziva kissed on NCIS. I assume Olivia and Elliot will finally kiss on SVU. I will kill myself if that happens. I just want to give everyone a a shout out and a warning (laughs) on that. And because of a good thing or a bad thing, in a good way or a bad way. No one actually wants this to happen. I mean, Kathy, Kathy died, right? And like Olivia, it says, the second comment says, Olivia basically admitted to Amanda in the last episode that she's always been in love with Stabler. So it does seem that they are setting that up. And I just am looking at. You know, like Amanda and Carisi, I was pulling for like Rollins and Carisi was cute yes. because they yeah. were more like they were secondary characters and like they just have, you know, that sort of like blue collar element to them in a different way. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Olivia and Elliot were partners for years. He was married the entire time. His wife just died in a fiery car crash. (laughs) Yeah, she did. (laughs) Poor Kathy. Poor, I know, poor Kathy. Like the kids, like all of those kids, like Kathleen, et cetera, Kathleen, the bipolar one. But like, I just can't, I can't, like what's wrong with two people having a deep admiration and respect for one another? I know. It's weird because like, I feel very conflicted about it because in in one part of my heart, like I always really wish that Olivia and Elliot could be together, but in the other, I never want to see it happen. Like it's so much more delicious to watch the, like the simmering tension. Like it's just a much more interesting thing. It's a bit like the Mulder and Scully of it all. Like, right, right. Like you love that he's there to like protect her and and not just in a partner way, but in a way that feels meaningful. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never given a shit about what's going on in Olivia's life. (laughs) Some of these people were like, Stabler's interesting because he has all these kids or whatever. And like his mom is kind of a kook. Rest in peace to to the fake mom. But like, there's nothing about Olivia's private life that's been interesting and someone here wrote like oh like Olivia's dating life has always been boring like it might be nice to see them together and I say I think Olivia's dating life has always been boring because truthfully I I think Marishka Hargitay is a little bit boring <gasps> I do not in a mean <gasps> way oh I've talked about this because if you guys don't know I'm on my my lifetime podcast I've been trying to mix it up a little bit because I can get really a little bit too much in the weeds when I'm doing the Lifetime movies. And so I'm like, maybe if I'm dealing with a 47-minute drama, it won't be as long. Spoiler alert, they are. But, like, it's not something, it's not, like, I don't think Mariska Hargitay is boring in a bad way. It's just she's one of those people that, like, she never does press. And it's not because she's, like, Jonah Hill and tired of being called fat. Like, it's because, like, she's... Like, she just it maybe doesn't have the best talk show anecdotes. I remember for the 20th season, she went on Seth Meyers and, like, she told, like, you know, like, she told stories that, like, she'd be lovely to be at a dinner party with, probably. 
But like she, they had to bring iced tea with her. <laughs> and like very rarely will you see the lead of a show that's been on for all of those years need the help of a coworker to keep the audience engaged. She should have brought Susan Sarandon like Nathan Fielder did on whatever talk show that was where he brought Susan Sarandon out in case he needed somebody to tell a good Hollywood anecdote. Yeah. Like, it's like some people just are not talk show people, and it's not because they did anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with being, like, slightly boring and also a really good actress. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the things that are interesting about her are actually quite traumatic, so it's not like she's going to come on and talk about her mom mm -hmm. or something, or her deceased father or something. So I just, I, 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 I almost feel like in a way, like, I don't know. Someone wrote in these comments as well, I always saw Benson as being a closeted lesbian. <gasps> it might just have all been in my head, but I always thought that that's where they were going with their character, LMAO. I'm disappointed with this as well. I, I just don't think it's appropriate, honestly. For Benson and Stabler to kiss. Yes. Yeah. It feels weird. It feels really, really weird. Yeah. So if you guys, if we're, you know, you heard it here, maybe third. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like to do here on this podcast is give you news maybe a, a little bit later than you would normally get it. I mean, I can't imagine what else it would be. There's, I mean, like, uh, it's not Kelly and Ryan. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's Ellen and her producer, Andy. No, that show's over. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, listen, yeah. But so we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. I think that's it for this part of Trend Lately. If you want to hear the rest of our stories, come on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash solidlisten, or join us on Solid Listen Plus, which is uh, if you listen to us in Apple Podcasts, it's just a quick click. You can also always cancel after the trial. We're not forcing you to do anything. <laughs> we wouldn't dream of it. Consent we really wouldn't. Only. No, we really Consent. wouldn't. No, I mean, yeah. like, we'd ask nicely. I think I might yeah. be doing a 12-hour pod-a-thon. Did I tell you? You didn't. No. Well, now that the roof of my garage has fallen in, I de think I definitely need to do it. But I really <laughs> wanted to. One, I really like going live. I also really like, I love, first of all, I love, I used to do TV telethons when I was a kid. I used to uh, answer phones with them. Wow. And I, I've just always, that's like, that's something I love, but I've, I've thought, you know, it'd be interesting for a while. We are a startup company. We're an independent podcast network. We are, you know, dealing with like the iHearts, the Wonderies, the fucking Amazons of the world. And they have a lot of, they have a lot more money than we do, frankly put. And so <laughs> I really want to bring the network to the next level in the next year. And I was thinking, why don't I do a 24, uh, 12 at, well, I said 24 initially. And Nicole was like, let's start with 12. Yeah, let's do 12. That I, seems manageable. I could do something where if someone donates like a s certain absurd amount of money, I could add an hour onto it. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't know. I, if you guys are, are interested in that, let me know. Because I think it'd be fun for people to drop in all of my different friends from podcasting and just a new topic every you know, hour or so. Be like Courtney Love at MTV, where she just slowly loses her mind. Remember that? That was the best. I love that. Did she do a, a marathon? Yeah, it's so iconic. There's clips of it on, on YouTube. I'll share them with you. But I, I can't remember how long it was for, but she 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 loses her mind over the, the course of it. And I think it was like, she was in like Times Square, like just in the, I guess there was an MTV, wherever like TRL oh, was. I know yeah. what you're talking. I, is it the thing where she's throwing makeup at Madonna? Yes. 
That I thought that was before, like the countdown to the MTV, like uh, the VMAs. I think she was doing it for like ages, wasn't she? Maybe, Maybe I don't know. Who knows? Well, you guys, we love you. We genuinely, do. we know you. We know where you live. We know where you live. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. That look like a double G Every girl in here 10 But it ain't no Tennessee And you might just get some money But it ain't no guarantee Double G's on the left Double G's on the right And you know I stay in Texas I don't really like to fight Like we in 2013 Shawty do it for the vine Shawty moving real well I might have to wind it down Threw the money to the center Now watch it hit the flow Now rack it up huh? Rack, rack, rack it up King, bag it up huh? Back, back, bag it up King, stack it up Stack, stack, stack it up She said, where you at? Sam Marcus down in Texas And if I drop a pin Best believe that she on the Thought way she was important But I moved her right about the way Delta cheese tonight Told her baby I got cheese tonight Get the scholarship I ain't smoking on no TAC Low tolerance All these ladies telling me I'm finna blow Like the tell her Shout out TurboTax tax refund What's another Like the quarterback at recess No rush You gon' end up like a Call of Duty mission No rush This ain't UT Why your shirt orange like a pump Mama call me ask me how college is I said bus Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories, and other hot button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye. Bye.